This is Rebecca Lowe, or Rebecca Lua, if you listen to Suboptimal Radio, and you are listening to Men in Blazers on the NBC Sports Network. It's unbelievable! Welcome to a Men in Blazers pod special. One which comes with some dark news. Some dark news for anyone that truly loves the game of football. Because... Men in Blazers is about to be back on your television. I'm sorry. Our fifth season. Our fifth season. It's about to start yet. The exact same number of full seasons. The Marouane Fellaini trundled around in the blue of Everton. In all truth, it's an incredible honour to do what we do. To commune with you every week about life, about meaning, about the Premier League. And we couldn't be more thrilled that the season premiere of the Men in Blazers show is this Monday, this Monday at 5.30pm Eastern Time on NBCSN after Manchester United half-asset some more against Tottenham Hotspur. The good news is the show is going to be marginally, and I do mean marginally, less crap than normal, solely because of our guest. You know him as the host of The Late Late Show on CBS, the king of carpool karaoke. We know him as a massive West Ham fan. Yes, James Corden is proper irons. This summer, we travelled to Los Angeles to sit down with Corden. And we talked all things bubbles. And he was so bloody good. Not just on the bubbles, but on his passion for the Hammers, Mark Noble, De Canio, and more. We decided to release it as a pod special too. So here we are, America. Definitive proof that JC is in fact truly awesome. We are here in Los Angeles, California with James Corden, Rog. An Englishman who proves you can still come to America with nothing but the clothes on your back. Still make (laughs) something of yourself. The spirit of Scarface is strong with this one. Okay, you're a huge football fan. Yes. West Ham United, the Hammers. Yes. Did that happen? By birth, by choice, or by grace of God? It happened by choice, actually, because my dad wasn't really into football that much. I mean, he's a fan, but he didn't have a team or allegiance, yeah. and I would go and watch Wickham Wanderers. Across America, everyone would say, come on, Wickham! Yeah, yeah, Wickham Wanderers are a brilliant, brilliant team. They're in League One right now. Yeah. And then two of my best mates at school, my friend Gavin and my friend Richard Shedd, were both West Ham fans. So I would go to West Ham games when I was sort of 15, 16, but never felt like I could say I supported them because they had been with it since birth. And then me and my friend Gav decided to get season tickets yes. in the lower Bobby Moore. And as soon as I got a season ticket, I was like, right, this is my team. And you're this entitled. Is it. You're yeah. entitled. I mean, what's crazy is I lived in a very close proximity to London and I could have chosen any team. <laughs> and I chose West Ham. I could be a Chelsea it, fan. Yeah. I could be an Arsenal fan and I could legitimately say it's the one I chose. And West Ham's it's, my it's team. It's often the suffering that makes a man. Yeah. I'm going to say two words to you, and I want to know what memories they stir from deep within you. Yeah. Those two words are Upton Park. Oh, it was great. What a great <sighs> ground. I miss it hugely. I mean, I moved here when we were still at Upton Park, and I remember watching the last game in my office and feeling like I really should have gone back for it. In fact, James Longman, who works on yeah. that show, is a big West Ham Huge. fan. He went back big podcast. to watch it. And I've been to the London Stadium. Look, I'm not its biggest fan, but at the same time, I don't think it's nearly as bad as some fans say. And I do think there is an element of looking back at Upton Park 
with sort of rose-tinted glasses because yeah. people would say things like, oh, Upton Park, we had a six points a year. And i go, well, we got relegated three, <laughs> Park. three times three times in 15 <laughs> but, but years. think how bad it, it would have been if well. you weren't at Upton Park. Upton Park, when I went there, it smelled as real stadiums should, of yeah. just like sweat and spilled beer, fried food. It well, was, it was wonderful. School. Me and Gab, we used to park in a Tesco car park. It became a thing for us where we had to walk the same route every day because one day there was a police blockade so we had to take two blocks this way and down and round and we won that game like 4-1. Yeah. So the next game we were like, well, we should do that walk yeah, again. Absolutely. And we went on like a six game unbeaten streak. <laughs> and me and Gav were like, this is only because of this walk. Because of the Tesco. It could have been just the Tesco car park though. <laughs> there was a wonderful little sort of burger stand just outside the East Stand. <sighs> All the burgers and hot dogs were named after players. Yeah. So we would always get a mad dog, which is <laughs> two sausages in French bread. Amazing. And it was still to this day, I think the reason I may look like this is oh, the yeah. mad dogs. <laughs> two mad dogs and the botulism's free. Okay, another word, James. Yeah. Bubbles. Yes. What do you think of? What did it make you feel? Well, I think of the song, of course. I love the song when the fans sing it. I think it's the most brilliant song, and I think it's so indicative of our club because it has the phrase in it, fortune's always hiding. I've looked everywhere, and it does feel like that as a West Ham fan sometimes. But I still think it's quite odd for the team to run out to. They started doing this thing at Upton Park where in the lead-up to 3 p.m. on a Saturday, <laughs> you'd get all this like, Uh, and you're like, oh, come yeah, on, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then it would go, boom, da 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 Essentially, a song about impending doom. That is us. That's and West Ham. When Mickey Bubbles, who we've had on the show, runs yeah. the Bubbles machine, yes. oh, you well. will witness men who love the taste of blood in their own mouth, their own blood in their oh, own man. mouth, yeah. just suddenly reduced, like children, tears. But it is an amazing moment. moment when they cut out the feed. And the whole stadium just starts singing, Fortune's always hiding. I've looked everywhere. <sighs> it is a wonderful thing. Even thinking about it now, I miss it hugely, that feeling. And I've taught it to my son, who is seven, who <laughs> is getting so into football. So now when Same we watch thing. games at like 5 a.m. or 7 a.m. Yes. here, we will sing it together oh. on the edge of our bed, <laughs> what? which is kind of lovely and odd at the same time. I love time. that you are introducing your son to this tradition, this club, this yeah. wonder, this darkness, because what an amazing two-year journey every West Ham oh, fan yeah. has been from the cusp of glory. We got Dimitri Payet, Upton oh. Park, the optimism. We're going to a new stadium. The yeah. money's going to roll in. The future is West Ham's to where yeah. you currently are, castles made of sand. Mm. How have you experienced that? The first thing to say is lots of people talk about Upton Park and when we beat Man United in that last yes. game, it was incredible. Yeah. No one ever mentions the fact that we lost to Swansea at <laughs> Upton Park the game before that, yeah. which was supposed to be the last game that season. It was only a fixture change that meant yeah. we played Man All United. All hail the selective memory of football fans. Absolutely. Yes. However, I do believe even our owners, who I do have respect for, because I have respect for anyone that would buy a football club, oh, because I think it is pain. a thankless task, they would admit that that summer was a missed opportunity because 
what we had to do was absolutely hit the ground running. Those first six games would define how people would feel about that season. And I think the recruitment wasn't nearly good enough that summer. And then I think Payet looked around and was like, what am I doing? I hold affection for him for what he did for us. I hold affection for no player who refuses to play for their team. It's almost disgraceful. Yeah, they instantly become um, dead to me. Yeah, if you want to leave, okay. But you can't say, I'm not going to play until you sell me. It's disgraceful to your teammates. It's disgraceful to your fans. He wasn't in the French squad before he joined West Ham, but he is the most gifted player. Like I was at the Liverpool game at Upton Park when he came back from injury. Oh. The amazing thing was watching kids see him warm up and getting excited about the fact that he was coming on. And he was brilliant. And what we needed to do when you've got a player like that is surround him with two or three other players. You've got to give him a truly great striker to aim for. And, and unfortunately, I don't think our recruitment that summer was nearly good enough. We're big know. Andy Carroll fans on Huge this show. Me but too. I love Andy Carroll. Love but, but the future, David. Manuel Pellegrini, a grown-up. Yeah. A responsible man, an experienced manager yeah. coming into West Ham. He's been a success pretty much everywhere. I mean, what yeah. he did at Real Madrid, at that That's point, it. it was a record-breaking 96 points. Uh -huh. yeah. And they only didn't win the league because Barcelona got 99 Which is ridiculous. points. And yeah. I think he plays attacking, front-footed, free-flowing football. And I hope that he gets the support he needs yeah. from the board. Because actually now at West Ham... It's less about throwing money at players. I don't think that always works. I think if you look at Everton, spent a fortune. Yeah, that, is anyone, about is that. anyone that was going, disappointing for Everton. Is anyone going, oh yeah, Yannick Palassi, <laughs> that was yeah. 30 million well spent. Gilfie, ones for the future. <laughs> but I think it's about identity for West Ham now. It's yeah. about going, who are we as a club at this stadium and what do we represent? And if you look at Burnley, I know what their identity is. Yeah. And I look at Tottenham and I know what their identity is, as much as it makes me feel sick in my mouth to even say <laughs> that. And I think that's what the next two years have to be about. And I don't think it's about saying, oh, we're going to go to the next level. It's like, no, no, no. Who are we as a club at this stadium and what do we stand for? And that is the thing that's been missing since Upton Park. Same wow. as a team, same for a human. Just work out who you are and always yeah, be yourself. OK, from the present to the past now, we want to talk James Corden's four favourite Premier League players yeah. of all time. Let's do it. Player the first, Mark Noble, Mr West Ham. James Corden, discuss. For me, he is one of the absolute greats of West Ham United. His passion and commitment for the club Every single fan at any team would want someone with that level of commitment, integrity, passion and desire yeah. in their team. And I think he is underrated, unsung. And what he gives our football club, both on and off the pitch, is the very thing we were just talking about, identity. is an identity. A bit of fight. I think yeah. he might be the last of his kind. I wonder if there'll be a player that will come into a Premier League team and stay at that club their whole career. Because I can't see him ever going anywhere. The prospect of watching him in another shirt makes me feel ill. For me, he represents everything I love about West Ham. He, he and Pogba, if the ref had let them fight... It's in like the... me trying to pick a fight with Anthony Joshua. It's like, <laughs> it's absurd. But that is who he is. He stands for that club and that badge. He'll square up against Pogba, safe in the knowledge yeah. that Pogba could win that fight. But actually... The person that wins a fight is the person who wants to win the most. Yeah. And I'd take Mark Noble yeah. over Paul Pogba yeah. four games out of five. I really would. Yeah, somebody's going to come in and stop that fight. You just want to get the licks in early. Yeah. He led with his chest. And I actually think, had Man United not been in a cup final, 
I think Paul Pogba would have retaliated <laughs> in a vastly different way because uh -huh. he'd think I wouldn't care if I get sent off. If anything, I can get an earlier holiday. Yeah. But I think the fact that they were in an FA Cup final was why he just sort of... Well, I sent him a text after that game just going, you and Pogba, man, I'm not going to back you up on that one. Yeah. <laughs> Mark Noble said to him, did you see what I did to that fan? I was going to yeah, have him. So good. Your second favourite Premier League player of all time, Eric Cantona. I just think he is one of the absolute greats and I miss those personalities on the pitch. I miss his swagger and his arrogance and his insane ability. The collar up, what he did at Man United. Do you remember that run of games where it was just 1-0, Cantona, 1-0, Cantona, 1-0, Cantona. Everything about him is class and passion at the same time. I loved watching him every single we week. We hadn't seen a player that physical with that much skill no. in the Premier League ever. So he, no. was, he was a game changer for us watching him. And, yeah. and a game changer as a foreigner. Before that, the Premier League was almost all English, Irish, few Scots yeah. we let in. After that, it's like, come when here, Austrian him. Eric Cantona, Marco Anatovic, we welcome you. Do you know that story about Eric Cantona where Man United <laughs> were travelling to a European game and they all had to wear the official suit mm -hmm. <laughs> and Eric Cantona turned up in denim jeans, cowboy boots, a cowboy hat and a poncho uh -huh. right and they're on the plane and apparently Mike Phelan said to Sir Alex Ferguson the assistant coach gaffer a few of the boys are a bit upset about what Eric's wearing and Alex Ferguson just said well, tell them when they play like he does, they can wear what they want as well. Yeah. And that is the greatest man management you could ever imagine. Yeah. That time he leapt into the crowd, Kung Fu Kick the Palace fan, it almost added to his legend as the ultimate maverick. Well, it did, although I can't ever really condone such behaviour, and I wouldn't. I think you're a very highly paid footballer and you should be more equipped at dealing with this. But, for me, one of the greatest strikers of all time. OK, number three, the Italian great. Paolo Di Canio, oh, one of your own. Oh my gosh. That was Harry Redknapp at his single finest because Di Canio had been all over the papers for pushing that referee over. Yeah. No clubs would take him. And Harry, as an incredible man manager, knew that he could make this player into something great. I don't think any of us knew the impact he'd have at our club. I was at Upton Park when he scored that unbelievable volley. Oh, oh my goodness. When Trevor Sinclair hit a cross ball. It is the only time I've been at a game, we've scored and I haven't leapt out of my seat and cheered. Everyone around us just went, <laughs> I couldn't take in what we'd just seen and he just ran away. And then the time that he begged to be taken off, he felt the ref was favouring other players and thought he was diving. And he went to Harry and he said, just take me off. And he's <laughs> gesturing in Italian, I cannot be on here, take me off. And Harry said to him, get back out there. And then he went back out and scored two goals. <laughs> he's just everything I love about football. And he's actually everything I miss, is that personality of players, the swagger of a player, which I think now social media is having huh. an impact on, because I think we're losing those characters. Those renegade free thinkers. Yeah. It was his unpredictability that made him so special. This was a guy that could push a referee over oh. one minute and then be the icon of fair play the next. It was Everton. A ball came over, there was a collision with the goalkeeper, and rather than tapping the ball in, he caught the ball. And I remember Harry saying afterwards, yeah, I wish he'd just knocked the ball in and then <laughs> gone over to him to check he's OK. He's a god to me. Whenever fans call for him to be the manager, I think they're absurd. I think it's the craziest thing you could ever imagine because I think he would 
be an awful manager for our team. <laughs> and I would hate to tarnish his unbelievable reputation. Absolutely. OK, the final player in your top four Premier League players of all time, Rio Ferdinand, oh. once of West Ham, yeah. but of course a Man United legend also. Well, I remember so vividly when he broke into our team. He looked like a Rolls-Royce on a second-hand dealer's forecourt. This is a point you have to remember. Razor Ruddock yeah. was one of our centre-backs, yeah, who was basically uh, as big as me. He was a unit. And yeah. He was agricultural. Well, yeah. I can remember once we got a corner at the other end, and where I sat was in the second row of the lower Bobby Moore at this point, and Razor we got a corner. <laughs> and Razor went... <sighs> <laughs> because it meant it he meant he had to, had run to all the way up. to the other end of and the then, pitch. And then at the end of the corner, he'd have to run oh, back. Oh, like that. But Rio, he came through, and I remember I hadn't really seen it live. A defender take the ball, look up for a start. An English defender. Drop yeah. a shoulder, beat a player, yeah. and pass it out. You hear rumours about youth players all the time yeah. when you're there a lot, but we knew that he was just one of the greats. Suave, sophisticated, so tactically aware he could mark his opponents out of the game, but leave with his shorts clean because he oh. never had to make a tackle. Well, stay on your feet. That was his whole thing. Yeah. Just imagine for a moment. Go on. I know if where we'd going. have kept that team together of Rio Ferdinand, Michael Carrick, Joe, Joe Cole, Cole, Frank Lampard, Jermaine Defoe, and then at this point also, Di Canio was there, Canute was there. We'll let yeah. you exhume Tony Cotty. The only team I think could have a better team from their youth would be Southampton today. If you yeah. look at like Oxlade-Chamberlain, Gareth Bale, Theo Walcott. The other thing about Rio, of course, is playing that position, a ball-playing centre-back at a club that still is Bobby Moore. You yeah. talked about the Bobby yeah. Moore stand, the greatest yeah. English ball-playing centre-back Without of all question. Time. One of the only players you think actually, you feel like if he came through today, the game might actually be mm. more suited to yeah. him than it was yeah. then. Yeah. That's how good he was. Like, you can never really get across to anyone who never saw him play, how good he was given the conditions he was playing yeah. under. Those heavy balls, heavy boots, pitches not as good. Can you imagine on today's pitches, Bobby Moore just oh. trotting out of the 18-yard box? There's that amazing photograph at the end of the 1970 World Cup quarterfinal of yeah. Pelé yeah. speaking to Bobby Moore and Pelé saying to him, you are so good, I yeah. admire you, you're one of the best players I've ever played. Well, he stands alongside, yeah. for me, anybody else in the history of football, Bobby Moore, with Pelé, Maradona, he sits as a centre-back. I 100% debate with anyone yeah. whether there's a centre-back that's better. America, if you're trying to picture Bobby Moore, just think about Phil Jagielka but the 1960s. <laughs> it's time for you to pick off the four. If you had to choose just one for carpool karaoke, which of the four players are you picking up what you're singing? Oh, out of those four? Yeah. yeah. Well, I would have to pick Mark Noble just because, for me, he represents everything I want my football club to be. What are you singing? This is my favorite. We're singing song. I'm Forever Blowing Bubbles. Yeah. And then knowing him, he'd probably want to sing some Little Mix or something. <laughs> James Corden, yeah. you are a modest man. So I'm going to say what I think we're all thinking, which is you are one of the most gifted soccer players England has ever produced. Yeah. How gifted? Wow. Dave, let's look at your EA Sports FIFA numbers. We got your foot card here. Oh yep. my James. word. Let me just break it down while David gets yep. his pen. We gave you 70 pace. But that is an outrage because if I'm even in the 50s, we gave you, yeah. we gave you the same as we Andy Carroll. We scouted you. We scouted you. Shot 
86, you're same like, ballpark as an out of it. Yeah, you're like hot shot Hamish. You can put some welly behind the ball, Passing, James. 76, Mark Noble numbers. Defence, you've got the same initials as the dearly departed James Collins, so we yeah. gave you his 77. Yeah. But the numbers we want you to reveal, physicality yeah. and dribbling. Let's start with physicality. What, what do you say, What do you give yourself here? Because I've got no pace, I think I would be quite a physical... Player. You like to put yourself. Oh, in. give me an 80 for physicality, <sighs> okay. I reckon. Dribbling. 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 And I've seen you at Soccer Aid. I've got to say, you've got incredible touch for a big man. No, here's the thing with me in football. Yeah. yeah. It's not that I'm good. It's that I'm better than I look. That's it. Like, oh my God, that's I'm, so important in I'm, so many fields. I'm, it's deceiving. Yeah. Because yeah. people go, wow, you're good. And I go, no, 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 I'm not. I'm just better than you thought I would by be. By people, he means Gareth Southgate. No, <laughs> my dribbling, go give me a 75. Top Overall, we're giving oh. you a 77. Wow. I'll take that. Manuel Pellegrini, are you watching? Sign him up. <laughs> He's one of your own. Whole season, Page yours 11. ahead of us. Can we get a prediction now? Spoiler alert from you, James Corden, for the whole West Ham season. How's it going to end? Oh. I think we will definitely finish in the top half. With enough luck, I think we could finish in the top eight. I really do. That's where Everton were, right? Where did you finish? Eight? I would never use them as a benchmark of glory, yes. No, I'm not. I'm saying we're surely going to be as good as that. Do you allow yourself to dream, James Corden? Of course. Leicester won the league. It's as simple as that. Leicester won the league, and the greatest thing about that is that Tottenham didn't. And that... <laughs> So when Tottenham fans, and I think they've got the most well-run club and maybe the most exciting manager in the world, and I think their new stadium's going to be unbelievable and they've yeah. got this incredible forward, but when Tottenham fans go, oh, we should be competing for the league, you go, right, yeah, no, Leicester won it before you did. <laughs> like, stay in your lane, Tottenham. Yeah, you know? win a trophy. Win, win a trophy. something. Win something. Win something and then come back and act like you're huge. <sighs> to paraphrase, you're saying Aaron Cresswell. The Bologna or season. Is that what you're saying? I love Aaron Cresswell. I think he's a hugely underrated wing back. I think he's great. So I hope we don't sell him. I really, really hope we keep hold of him because with James Collins going, the Ginger Pele leaving, we'll need those players. You've got to admit, the second half of the season, Marko Anatovic would make almost any team outside of the top three in the league. You could see him playing for anyone. The playing way he played. Three with Liverpool. They take him. Look into the camera, tell the Americans him, what would they gain by giving their hearts, souls, giving their love, affection to West Ham for the season ahead? Oh, it's completely straightforward, America. Right now, you're sitting here thinking, well, I should support Liverpool, or I should support Chelsea, or United, or, or dare I say, a lot of you, I imagine, are saying, well, Man City, they'll be my team. But here's the truth of it. That season, it's going to be boring, because winning all the time is boring. Yeah. It's drama that you want. It's passion that you want. It's dedication that you want. And also, as an American, when you say to someone, I support Man City, neither he nor he, and certainly not I, we won't respect you. Because <laughs> we'll go, oh, you've just picked the team that wins all the time. If you say, I support West Ham, or I support Crystal Palace, or I support West Brom, we'll go, oh my word, you are a true and proper football fan. Respect. So if you choose West Ham, which you should, I will guarantee you, no season will be mediocre. <laughs> you will either be on the edge of Europa League glory or fighting relegation. So every week it's exciting. Choose West Ham, America, and join us in forever blowing those bubbles. Oh, James That'll Corden. be on the West Ham website. <laughs> it's better to be feared than loved. Um, Thanks so much, guys. I could talk to you all day. This is such a thrill. Courage.
I didn't have the heart to tell James that America already has a team. Everton Football Club. Oh, you can watch James Corden on the Men in Blazers show with Davey and me, dull old Rog, this Monday at 5.30pm Eastern Time on NBCSN. Please tell your friends, tell all the people in your life who have converted to football thanks to the Russian World Cup with Putin's script writing. We'll be on right after Manchester United and Tottenham. Until then, courage.